We are back with another high-flying episode of the Long and Hard Podcast. In today's episode, we have a friend of the show, Andrew Wagstaff. Andrew is finishing up his MBA and is also a commercial lender. So, the talk kind of revolves around the financial world, real estate, and all things to do with schooling and that jazz. I'm going to read out these ads real quick, and we are going to get down to business. If you like the show and want to support what we are doing and to continue to hear crazy great episodes from us, you can go buy a house from Thomas, thomasharrington.ca. You will find him, and if you look up Thomas Harrington, realtor in Edmonton, I am sure you will find him. He's done lots of work to make sure that happens. If you want to support us at Sapien Athleticum, and give a few dollars to Stars Air Ambulance by purchasing a article of clothing through us, you can do so, and also through my real estate brokerage, Revere, and using our technology that we are developing. Thank you very much for listening, and we're going to get down to it. Here we go. gonna say try not to uh slap the couch too much or or clap because i get because that'll bring it up yeah yeah i do that all the time it's really it makes like kind of loud like boofs i definitely ear rape some people yeah (laughs) or even like i found i had the gain a little too high for our episode with our other friend dylan i don't know if you know you know so um but there are a few points where we were just like laughing really hard oh, to God, a point dude. where on the monitor it would be like in the red <laughs> yeah. thing and yeah. then I have to like turn up the volume on it because when the mic's on this setting for uh, like groups and stuff where it records all around like it it's not as loud like when you look at yeah. the levels on here sort of thing yeah. So, yeah. I'm, so, I'm sort of used to that when we were in choir because the oh, mics yeah. they'd be like you can clap if you want but you can't make a sound <laughs> Right, because the mic would just pick up the clap and it'd be like, right? Oh, really? So you'd, yeah. you'd clap like the, yeah, mm. yeah, gotcha. To kind of keep time, sort of thing, or well, because they'd be like, or okay, for like to engagement, show the crowd, yeah, like oh, okay. stuff like that. You're in a, one of those churches, like in in Atlanta in the states, where it's the all the people just singing. No, 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 no. That's way too much movement. <laughs> I love those churches, man. <laughs> if everybody sang like that, I would actually go to church. There's 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 one in uh, Edmonton. Well. It's called Bethel. Um, it's in Crestwood. Uh, okay. Hmm. Really? And it's an all black gospel church. Yeah. And that uh, is the fucking place to go. What? Oh, it's, it's, <laughs> I've been there a few times yeah. and it's, uh, it's a ride. It's like super, it's like two and a half hours long. Oh yeah. Like oh, it's yeah. super long, but like, it's like, they're just, the, the building is vibrating. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. the, like the, the instrumentalists are so loud, um, that I swear like half of them are deaf. Where is it? Um, do you know where the group of like churches by like St. Andrews and the, yep, yep, yep. it's in there. Like really? in one of the churches or like it's, in, a, um, in a zone bill? You have, uh, Oh, it's West on the Ends. corner yeah. getting towards, okay. You've got West End CRC and just south of it, there's this white building. Yes. yes. Um, so it's that one. Yes. But like, yes, yes. They'll do Congo lines. <laughs> like the guys on stage I are had, like dancing. It is fantastic. I had yeah. no way. You know what? I have, that makes sense in retrospect because I've driven past there. Um, and it was booming, it, or like yeah, and Shit then was popping off. Yeah, and I'm like, 
what the hell is going on? <laughs> and I never looked into it or anything. So that's, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Might yeah. have to might have to go this Sunday. Yeah. I mean like they they will you will stand out. Yeah. Oh yes. So you actually went there or you've just been told about it? I've uh, I've been there uh, when I worked I worked for a small business in school. Yeah. Uh, oh okay. And we had a client that was one of our clients. Oh. Um, yeah, because you guys were doing the the uh, audio or yeah. whatever. I remember yeah. that. I remember. So, that. Uh, hmm. yeah, like I was there like a few times. I, I had to go there for one of the services because they had a they had questions um, about a specific uh, speaker placement, and they were having some issues with uh, with um, only half the church was getting blown away <laughs> with sound. because it's it's an interesting layout because they've got that big um, the big high roof, but okay. then. They've got on the south side of the church this uh, lower roofed. I'm guessing it's an add-on. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so it's really weird from like an audio perspective of going like, okay, obviously you're gonna have speakers going the length of the building, but how do you get the same level of audio sound and image in this like lower roofs, almost sunken area uh-huh. without that conflicting with sort of the main array? We right? found our new technician for our. Yeah, hey. audio setup. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the one mic setup. <laughs> the is, one USB mic is yeah. that. Uh, yeah, you can like soundproof these walls and like the roof. That's it. it you know, what, it all depends on how you want to do it, right? I mean, you get a lot of late night show talk hosts that do the one mic. Yeah. Right. Um, or they do the individual, where you, or everybody has their own. Yeah, or they'll do sort of the um, uh, the, the lapel, the lapel oh, yeah, uh, yeah, mic yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, it's. I think it's more so a. Like looks, looks yeah. I think, I think that's right. more for like newscasts where you like yeah, sitting. yeah. Versus like I don't know how much you know. Like if you watch podcasts, some of them are either either they're at a table, so the mic's mm-hmm. more in front of them and they're like this, yeah. or they'll be more laid back and you'd have it arm hooked to something here, so it would like come up and then just kind of be sort of yeah. And yeah. and and part of that'll be sort of on uh, especially because I mean you brought up the news part of it, so the the sort of the camera angle, right? Mm-hmm. So. When you see a lot of these talk show guys, it's diff- a lot of it is typically fairly wide shots, mm-hmm. right? So they're less concerned about you noticing, you know, the mic on the table, mm. uh, because that's probably not what you're gonna be, you know, focused on. Okay. But if you so, are you talking like Co- like Conan? Because he'll have a mic similar yeah. style yeah. to this, not the exact yeah, same I one. I think obviously. Conan. Um, I want to say any Kimmel? of those guys. See, I always thought I've, those, never, I've, noticed, I've, never I've noticed those, but I thought they were just for show, like kind of like an old timey, like looks sort of thing. I think some of them still use it. Oh, really? Okay. Um, you'd have I'd have to go back and watch it to see if you could spot where they put the lapel mic on, um, the host, uh, the host, and then the the guests. Hmm. But some of those girls that come on, I'm like, I don't know where I'm putting that pet mic, like, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah and, that, enough, and, sure. and that's that's always going to be danger, right? Yeah, so yeah. I could totally see at least a good chunk of them using something like this because I mean, tape it to them or whatever. Well, yeah, that's like, probably what, exactly what, are you what they do. do. Yeah. Probably tape it like, yeah, on the right, <laughs> right, like right, right in the cleavage. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, honestly. So, yeah, <laughs> that's funny. I've never even thought about that. Never even noticed it to be honest. What like the mic in Kimmel or uh, yeah? I'd have to yeah I'd have to go look to see who yeah. does it. But yeah, there's definitely a few of them still. Hmm. Interesting, yeah. interesting. Yeah, I don't know. We're talking like for us, I guess more of the uh, what we look up to or whatever, if you want to say, 
is more like yeah joe rogan fighter mm-hmm. and the kid that sort of stuff and they're more of like they almost you almost want to have some of the tech in the shot because it kind of is almost part of the experience experience of yeah. watching a podcast right or, or like any kind of radio show like if you see the video of any radio mm-hmm. show there's all this fucking arms and shit and screens everywhere everybody's wearing headphones yeah 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 Yeah, all it it basically depends on whether or not you're an audio or a video type of kind of focus i guess right so so like i would highly suspect the vast majority of people who listen to joe rogan do so on podcast and not on youtube Mm -hmm. right exactly so and he still gets like two million youtube yes (laughs) right so so he's way less (laughs) concerned about you know headphones on yeah big mic in your face Mm -hmm. right and that's almost part of a look for that culture, totally. if you would, right? Totally. So, yeah. Which is funny, because most of our hits are YouTube-based, too. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Or, well, it was... It to put, last couple of weeks, now that we have a better video component, it is shifting towards YouTube, but mm. our audio listens are actually increasing so quite you, a bit. Do you guys... Because uh, you also posted it to LinkedIn. Do you put... Is it the audio on LinkedIn uh, is iTunes? just a, a link, so it's... Like, it's actually hosted on SoundCloud. Oh, and okay. And okay. it's an RSS feed, similar to any blog or whatever, to Spotify, iTunes, etc. Okay. Yeah, I wondered so, how you got set yeah, that up. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, because you can actually host on Apple Podcasts or whatever. Yeah. Or yeah. Sorry, Apple Podcasts, not iTunes. Yeah. We keep uh, saying The that. corporate overlords are going to be knocking on our door pretty soon, so. <laughs> <laughs> we call it iTunes all the time. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 Sorry. I, Apple Music. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but no, it's, uh, it's I don't know, people just interact with video, it is what it is, mm-hmm. but we still have, like, we're getting to the point, and I'm hearing through the grapevine, like, we have people who listen, regular or semi-regular, who, like, don't know us directly, aren't our, like, <laughs> good for mom and dad. <laughs> yeah, <this, laughs> right? you've grown so, beyond the, yeah, so, <laughs> mom and dad, yeah. yeah, shout out new listeners, <laughs> slash viewers, because <laughs> this is apparently a video-based show, so. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. They just hear your booming voice, and they're like, I need to see who's making this. To. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I was like, I actually, uh, I trimmed my beard the other day. Uh, Me too. And But then <laughs> I was sitting where you were on our, one of our shows, so, and like, so my head's turned this way, and you could like really see the angle and the light oh, really? of it, and I'm like, God damn, I wish I didn't cut it. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, man. Me too. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was like, you posted it on the Snapchat, and I was like, who are you? Yeah, no I was like, kidding. Yeah, you, you face took a lot you. off. I just kind of like trimmed <laughs> yeah. a little bit, so. Yeah. yeah. No, you pretty much, I could like commit a crime and then shave my beard. Wouldn't know who did it. Uh, like, honestly. <laughs> honestly. like See, honest, see like, I'm too committed to this, and I had a conversation with someone recently where, uh, we were talking about, because I've had a beard for like six, seven years. So in theory, I'm sort of like married to the look of it in a bit, which is whatever. But then if I were to shave it, like I think the pigment of this skin would be different than here. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I'm like fairly <laughs> like fair skinned, yeah, yeah. right? Like, but if you think about it, like it hasn't seen sunlight <laughs> true in a long sunlight. time. Yeah. 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 I mean, you, you, could, started, was, you started yeah. busting one out too. Yeah. 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 It won't show up very well on the camera because you're a blonde guy. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because I even thought of that. I was like, if I shave this now, the burnt part of my face is going to be really red. Yeah. And the beard part is going to be really white. It's going to be like a reverse goggle tan? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Well, even like, <laughs> you, can, you can see there yeah. where the hat ended. Yeah. And yeah. Where th- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Actually, yeah, if you ever, if you're, were, were you away this weekend? I'm I just, on a, I was on a lake. Yeah. I was a lake so, man. You, uh. 
Yeah, any, like, weekend trip where you're just, like, hat the whole time. Like, you come back and it's like... You go to... <laughs> yeah. So imagine doing the hat and shaving your beard and after shaving. the weekend. Yeah. And you would be the reverse goggle tanner, just a red... <laughs> You'd be like a ninja or like the hamburger at work the next day. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Oh wow. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So you skip work today then? For the most part, yeah. Like I woke up feeling like crap. Yeah. Because I'm contract, like. Yeah. Really, it, the only person it hurts is my bank account, so. <laughs> Fair enough. Had to prepare for the show. Make talking points. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Is it like the third person that is like, because we've had literally three guests and everybody's like, are you going to send me something or yeah, like what are the topics of conversation? I'm maybe like, nah, dude. <laughs> See, maybe I should invite the guests, but that, so then I can kind of more, like I said before the show, like elaborate, like uh, just show up. Like we don't really have an agenda. You can do like anything. a copy pasta. Yeah, you do, exactly. You can set up a, oh, yeah. you can set up a Google, uh, Email them. Oh, yeah. Template. Yeah. Oh, I'm all about the Gmail templates. Like, I recently switched my work email to G Suite. And now oh, I can, like, I do email templates for, like, when I put up a new listing or, like, when it goes pending and this and this and this. And then, oh, so nice. Saves countless hours. And then you're, like, not forgetting little things. You have to tell people and stuff. Yeah. You can, like, add to it. You're also the guy that uses the sounds good, okay. Oh, man. Oh, I do that. The Gmail ones. <laughs> See, but the funny thing is, is, like, and... For people listening, if you don't know, like Gmail, uh, well, A, reads your emails, <laughs> but B, you know, they give like, if uh, an email, it's kind of like intelligent in that it like gives you like three pre-made responses mm -hmm. to each email and you literally press one button and press send yeah. and it'll be like received, thank you, or like sounds good or here yeah. you go or whatever. And it's like, it's actually alarming how many emails in a day can be answered with them as well, right? Where mm -hmm. it's like a three to four word response. So yeah. it's, I don't know, AI making your life easier, I guess, right? <laughs> so. I see, I don't use it so much for email. Okay. I use it more for Hangouts. Oh, yeah. Because a lot of our communication will go through Hangouts. Oh, okay. And that yeah, yeah. has your canned responses. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes they work well. And sometimes I'm like, will do is not how I answer this question. <laughs> that is not the correct response. Yeah, of course. Right? No. Um, but yeah, there's there's a few times or even when it you like you start typing and it'll come up with Oh like, the predictive? The predicted and you're like, yeah. that's, yeah, like wow. that's pretty close. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty close. Oh jeez. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the coaster did the thing again. <laughs> oh the thing where it gets stuck. Yeah, yeah. the condensation. Yeah, it's a magic trick that we sticky, do for the, for the audience. We're gonna learn how, how to box dance in the club tonight, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you're finishing up your MBA. We were just mm -hmm. talking about this before the the show started. So tell our audience why you decided to go with the MBA. Especially because Josh and I are fairly anti-education yeah. <laughs> types to to a reasonable degree. A little bit. Yeah. I wouldn't say anti-education. I would say anti-go-to-school. Formal. Yeah. Yeah. Formal yeah. education. There yeah. you go. Yeah. I'm no, like, I'm like, don't, read, don't read books. <laughs> Only need YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> no elementary yeah. school. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. I would say twofold. Uh, the first was, I don't know, did you ever have Evandro at McEwen? I did, yeah. So he started literally every class with you're all getting an MBA. <laughs> so I was kind of somewhat indoctrinated okay. 
after having I do remember that one too. class with him. But then I took one of his special elective classes where he would start the class with the same prompt. Yeah. So I was like double indoctrinated. Um, <laughs> okay. You're like, in, he wasn't in, just trying to say this to get like yeah, a, no, a gasp from no. the room or something yeah, yeah. like that. Uh, so. so, I mean, a semester of that, you know, definitely changes your brain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Put some thoughts in there. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that and I would like, I really like learning. I don't, I don't so much mind formal education. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I kind of always wanted to do some type of graduate degree. Um, I toyed with doing, seeing if I could get, you know, like a master's of economics or yeah. or political science, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the sort of the MBA came about, the U of A offers a really easy one-year program, one and a half if you take it slow like I did. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, right. So <laughs> that, that helps. Uh, and then, you know, as we were talking earlier, the business world as a whole, uh, especially finance and banking, just seems to be moving faster and faster towards, you know, you have an MBA uh, uh-huh. to get X job. Gotcha. Right? So, you know, looking around at the commercial lenders at work, 50% of them have MBAs. Hmm. Right? Okay, yeah. Um, VPs, senior level managers, guys in risk, almost all of them have MBAs. Gotcha. Right? Uh-huh. So, you know, looking at, you know, career paths and saying, okay, if I want to do or be here in, you know, five years, what am I going to need education-wise and experience-wise to get into that, right? Uh, And then, okay, what, how do I go do that then? Uh, uh, And and part of it too, uh, the MBA is fairly useful if you want to transition industries as well. Mm -hmm. So a lot of my classmates have like science or engineering backgrounds. So they did like the lab thing or the engineering thing or they did research or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they want to get into a different line of different work, different line of business, whatever. Or they want to go manage, say, the engineers or the scientists, right? Yeah. Uh, and the MBA allows them to learn uh, a lot of the business skills and and whatnot to do so and, and to be successful because you, you just need an undergrad to get in you have, can have any undergrad gotcha okay so, so you could have a science background and go into it yeah example. you could have like a nursing degree in theory if i'm not mm-hmm. mistaken yeah right? like we had just, a couple nurses come yeah. in really yeah oh well yeah. i was just taking a shot in the dark at that one so <laughs> <laughs> no a couple nurses came in um what one of my classmates is that because they like want to go who knows more into man managerial yeah. roles yeah okay yeah so one of the guys or one of the oh, nurses, okay. he's a guy, and he said, yeah. He goes, I looked at, he goes, I'm, you know, I like being a nurse. I don't want to be, you know, a frontline nurse anymore, but I really like the industry. Mm-hmm. You know, how do I get into a, either a manager or consulting role? And he goes, you have to have an MBA. Wow, okay. Or some type of master's degree, right? He yeah. said, you, MBA or master's of public health. Yeah. Um, and hmm. he, he took the MBA, just, it's a little more versatile. Like, I got a classmate, bachelor of music. Oh, uh, really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, lots of science, lots of engineers, some business. Uh, one of my classmates, bachelor of architecture. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Um, so it's yeah, I believe it's med school, law, and the MBA. You can have any undergrad gotcha. to get into it. Okay. Yeah, because there was, I mean, there were some people that went sciences and then went into law, mm-hmm. and I was kind of like why because mm-hmm. obviously probably more a BCom background would be a little bit more it depends I would look at it more as like what's a harder degree to get yeah right? because doing like engineering and then law like 
Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Why, man? <laughs> like, maybe that would be a Do, u- useful te- uh, technical specialized skill set, but like... What's the term that a person really likes pain? Masochist? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you'd be a masochist then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's our word of the day. Yeah. Masochist. <laughs> That's and funny. One of my friends own law has a bachelor in music. Hmm. And he went huh. to law. Yeah. yeah. There you go. So... Intriguing. I think the, the, the top three successful degrees I believe are philosophy math and honestly it was some type of bachelor of arts like political science something like that okay but I think I think the top two are math and philosophy um, for obvious reasons right the math <clears throat> being you really understand uh, logic in that and then the the philosophy side you really understand the logical reasoning right there's actually a disproportionate amount of Fortune 500 CEOs that have an undergrad in philosophy. Yeah, I think that's you're probably referencing the same data. Yeah, right. well, it's possible. So, yeah, yeah. But I mean, if you go to like look at the Wikipedia background of some mm-hmm. guy, yeah, interesting. Five times yeah. out of seven. Oh yeah, I don't know what I'm saying. Five times out of seven or whatever, but you'll see a philosophy background. You're like, what? I actually thought about doing a master's in philosophy. Hmm. Yeah, I liked it, but I got yelled at in that class. So. Really? Why? Too many? <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> well, was it 100 levels? So there were a bunch of... 18-year-olds? <laughs> yeah. It wasn't 100 Hey, would class. that old guy in the back stop distracting I the I was actually girls? at the front of the class. <laughs> raising my hand. Yeah. And I came in drunk the first day. With, oh, okay. With a, with a buddy that wasn't even in the class. He didn't even go to McEwen. He went to U of A. <laughs> so him no wonder I, you got yelled So him and I show up to the class just two sheets to the wind. And I asked the prof halfway through the class, I'm like, hey, man, you want to go get a beer after? <laughs> but yeah, no, the, the reason I, I didn't get yelled at that much in that class, I think he actually liked me, but um, the main topic we had a conversation of, and I got called out immediately, just going back for a second here, in that class, you had to do discussion questions. Oh, yeah. Okay. So every single time you went into that class mm-hmm. there was a discussion around a certain topic and this like topic, where they had the forum things or whatever yeah and you no. had to post it to the blackboard or whatever yeah pre-submitted right yeah, yeah yeah so people would read your responses and stuff and the one response that i did was essentially on this men and women are different and i had said yeah it's true like biologically they're different and there was a bunch of people that agreed with me and actually posted on I was the only one that had comments on my thread and was like <laughs> yeah man like good for you like for saying that and stuff and then mm. first person to get called on in that class was me it was like explain yourself and I was like alright here, here we go, we go. <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> so, man those were those online discussion threads were like cause they like wanted you to put effort into it and mm-hmm. you're like fuck I just want to write my bullshit and mm-hmm. stop yeah. right and like I don't know. For me, I always, like, whatever they talked about, like, and then you would have to respond to people's, but, like, like I don't want to read this, so they'd be talking about whatever. I'd be like, yeah, so anyways, uh, wrenches, and just go rewrite what I was going to, so. Oh, man. Yeah, those those were the, the best. You know and, what I randomly thought of the other day, and I don't know, maybe I was thinking about reading and I haven't been reading as much lately like I like more listening and stuff because I drive so much and all that right so but uh, I specifically remember 
like junior high language arts even into high school like it would be like book reports mm-hmm. which is probably more junior high uh no high school you no, still high school but like you know yeah. you would have to do like like er, like weekly updates or whatever and be read to a certain point yeah. and like write mm-hmm. about something yeah. so i'd literally like open the section read like two pages and be like all right this is what i'm talking about <laughs> we I, I did that throughout university too though right yeah like because yeah. The uh, Phil's going to have a much harder time at Ivy because they've got way more cases. Yeah. Uh, the U of A has substantially less cases. Yeah. For the people that are watching, Phil bailed on us tonight. So. Yeah, you better be fucking dead. <laughs> 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 yeah, he had clients or something. Because he, he's doing his MBA at Ivy. Yeah, so he's doing yeah. it at Ivy, and yeah. they do like 300 plus cases in a yeah. year. Right? Oh, just God. like you just case, 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 case. And the, the point of that... Um, so do companies come to an MBA school and be like, consult for us? Or is this like past, it's like case competition? From my understanding, it's all past business okay. cases. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the, which, which I understand and I don't understand at the same time because we actually asked that question to the associate dean mm-hmm. um, on why McEwen, or not McEwen, uh, the U of A uses... Uh, case method for certain classes but not other classes and he had a really good point he goes how do I teach you as you know I know nothing about accounting how do I teach accounting and case method yeah and I thought that's you know that's a valid point right like it's one thing coming from a business background where you know we all took accounting and we could come in and do an accounting case and say like yeah like we haven't done it in a while but we have a reasonable you know recollection of okay I think this goes here I think this is how this works right but if you take some guy that did like organic chem and you're like, okay, man, show me the debits and credits that affect this, uh, you know, this oh, line here and yeah. how, uh, why we should make this financial decision based on cash over cash income. Be like, uh, what did you just say? <laughs> Carbon? Yeah. <laughs> Car- Carbon emissions. <laughs> right. So I thought the prof did a fairly, or the, the associate dean did a, a pretty good job in answering that question. So, um, like that being said, the the business case case method is, you know, sometimes you you get in there and you're like, hey, I read the first two pages, I know just barely enough to answer the first question, so I got to be the guy that answers the first question, yeah. then I'm gonna shut up. <laughs> yeah, and then everybody else can and take everybody it else it. can take it, gotcha. except in one class, we had uh, in the capstone class we had the second uh, business case, and by that time like, you're like it's like mid to late March, we're just, like you're drowning at that point we get into class and the prof goes okay let's see how busy this week was who has read the case nobody's hands go up oh boy. and I was just like oh this is not going to go good it's just not going to go good right so you see like a few people like frantically opening their laptops yeah. searching pulling up the case so they can at least like say this is what the intro to the case was oh god yikes we did a lot of case at McEwen too and for like management, that was interesting because you could have taken it one of a hundred different ways. Mm-hmm. And I always like going back and reading the cases and doing the cases where you actually know what the outcome was and you know what they eventually did. And then you kind of just research it and then you go in and you say, I would do something like what they did. And the prof is like, yeah, that's so right. It's like, how did you know it? 
fuck, it's public knowledge, man. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the case is from, like, 2006. And yeah. You're like, like, yeah, they should probably do this. Well, that's what I said in the... Uh, you guys remember the capstone where you had to present on... 450? Yeah, on 450, yeah. right? Were you in art class for that? No, no, no. I don't no, think no, so. No, because no. it was... You and I were together. Yeah, you yeah. and I were on a team. Oh, I, I remember some of the other guys yeah, now that I think we called our We called our business Fapple. I forgot about that. I'm glad you remembered that. I just remember that because we had to do like presentations and I was like the CEO mm-hmm. and I always had to introduce the company. It was like, well, today for Fapple and the class just went wild and it was yeah, it was a good time. It was we, like uh in South Park where have you ever seen the one where they buy the Washington Redskins? Yeah. Because yeah. it's so offensive yeah. that they're like so a tech startup that does nothing. So then as Cartman walks out on the stage, he's like Fuck you. Fuck you. Like, the people? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, so in, in that class, do you remember the Starbucks case? No. It's like, you're Maybe. like, okay, it's like 1999, you're Starbucks, you know, what do you do, right? Yeah. And uh, did you ever meet Kyle McDonald? I may have. Yeah. He, uh, Sounds he, familiar. He and I were in a group, and we came up, and I was like, because we, we didn't really like the class, and, uh, some other stuff that went on where we were just like this is just a joke so like we're just gonna make this a joke because I think it was only like 5% of our mark so we get to like the recommendation side of the uh just the hold case. it there just for one second whenever you had a like a a subject or whatever it was like 5% and you just like there were certain times where you're just like I'll throw that 5% we'll go on to the next I, one I was about to say the same thing where I'm like uh, nah. <laughs> I remember I had one 8 a.m. class where she would do like every person had to do like a presentation, but it was basically like teach the class for that day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and it counted for like five percent. I'm like, maybe this started me on my entrepreneurship path of like, wow, the effort to pay off does not make any sense. <laughs> I'm not going. <laughs> or like the participation where it was five percent, you just didn't show up to any class. Anyway, sorry. Continue. So. So Kyle and I get up there and we, you know, we do the presentation, we get into it, uh, and we get to like the recommendation phase and, uh, we, uh, click to the next slide and a big logo of Apple comes up where we, we, we go to the class and the panel, we go, so, uh, in light of what we think you should do, there's a small company called Apple. I understand they're not doing that great. You know, they've had a little bit of a rough time, <laughs> but we think this is your number one investment opportunity and that you should sell literally everything. And, and buy get into stock them. in this and company. Bet um, on the Yankees this year <laughs> and Red Sox next year. <laughs> and you will do very well in 20 yeah. years, is yeah. our prediction. Yeah. Who Suffice the, to say, we didn't get a good mark in that one, who, but. Uh, who won the Stanley that. Cup in 2000? Dallas Stars or Red Wings? Or? Red Wings, I bet. I bet you it was Red Wings. He's going to look it up, but you just put all your money <laughs> <laughs> into who wins the Stanley Cup at the beginning of the season. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. New Jersey Devils. Oh, New Jersey Devils. Yeah, the Devils, hey? Martin Broder. Yeah. yeah Dallas bad. Stars won in 1999, though. So oh, you had that knowledge in there, there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we just, we we're like, this is just stupid. <laughs> Zero effort put into this. Which was then funny. Because in my financial analysis class I took last semester, we presented on like a stock you should buy, sell, or hold. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it was and, like, you get up and you're like, yeah, we think you should buy Apple. And then like a week. Oh, is it done? Yeah. Like we'll just a, keep going for a week later. For a minute. Yeah. 
it came out that they were not going to report number of iPhones shipped, and the stock it just dropped. We're like, don't, maybe don't. <laughs> Do you know who's the guy? Because you know they did the um, the Montreal Options Exchange. Yeah, did the fake investing thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. And who was it that just put all of his money into three-time gold op or gold stock or whatever? And it was, oh. you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, but I don't remember the name. Yeah. What? Well, it wasn't Fisher, was it? I don't think no, so. No, no, no. So, a little bit of backstory is the Montreal Options Exchange does a, every single semester there's yeah. a, like a mock. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. I investing yeah, thing where you yeah. can, who, you invest your fake money into the stock market. It, mm-hmm. it uses the real data or whatever. And whoever has the highest portfolio at the end of the semester or whatever wins. Yeah. And so I think it was Phil actually told the guy, I can't remember who it was though, to just be like, YOLO the money, (laughs) throw it all into like 3X gold, uh, the gold uh, ETF or whatever, and you'll either win or you'll fucking lose. Who gives a shit, right? (laughs) So in that semester, it was pretty volatile. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people moving into gold and... The guy just literally beat everybody else by at least three x or something. It was insane. Oh, because gold like was going up. And gold yeah, was just, just skyrocketing. Actually, I do remember in those years. Yeah. Man, <laughs> case comp. Go back to like 2014 and just be like, your company should invest in Bitcoin <laughs> until 2017. <laughs> you say that though, but I was reading. Um, I can't remember. It might have been in a business case, but it's. I'd love to know, or I'd love to hear a story on it, because apparently there's a rumor that, um, sort of like the same thing with this gold thing, right? Yeah. So traders in Chicago and New York would book a trade, and then uh, they'd buy, they'd uh, drive to O'Hare Airport in Chicago, yeah. Yeah. or they'd fly to, um, or sorry, or JFK, yeah. and what they'd do is they'd buy an air, uh, a, a plane ticket to like Dominican, sure. or like South, like somewhere far far away right? yeah um and basically what would happen was when they get to the airport they pretty much knew whether or not the trade took off yeah so at that point they either booked a one-way ticket or they bought the return ticket <laughs> with all the profit that they had <laughs> there's like a name for that isn't there yeah it, i think it was o'hare because i think it was it's, in chicago I think it was O'Hare. Yeah. i'm pretty sure it was the chicago like options exchange and there was like you laugh about this but there's seriously guys that are just yoloing money well, yeah. And, like, professional traders YOLOing money. And that's essentially what they did, is they bought tickets on planes. They're like, well, if it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, I'm not coming back. And there we go. Yeah. It's yeah. like the guy... Um, have you both you seen The Big Short? Yeah. Yes. Right? So, the, uh, the pretty much the guy that almost sank Morgan Stanley, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty much did the same thing, right? Because he YOLOed the... What it was a fifteen billion dollar position mm. in uh, credit default swaps, um, but then in order to finance it, he had to sell um, the triple A rated swaps. So when they all went downhill, he's like, "Oh, oh I don't know what to do. We we have a problem. Yeah. You you have a massive, massive problem." But the dude the year before got a got a fifty million dollar bonus check right. for doing pretty much the same thing. Yeah. So was that uh, Ryan Gosling's character? No, that movie? was... Do you remember when 
um, <clears throat> Steve Carell's character goes into the it's the black lady who's pregnant you remember her character Martin Stanley it's like closer to the end of yeah the it's movie. pretty okay. close to the okay. end yeah, okay. and he pretty much sits down with her and he goes look like I see people crying in the hallway like, and he's like look how much money I made for the firm yeah and then she's like well yeah we're actually net three billion or something yeah like or I think it's like no, no. exposure is like 13 billion yeah it's like 13 is 13 billion because he, he sits and goes okay like you know this guy's not dumb like yeah. as long as we're under like I think he said like two or three billion yeah we're you know we're fine yeah and then her she doesn't say anything he goes please don't tell me we're over like five billion she goes total exposure is like 13 and he, he just goes okay I'm done <laughs> uh explain exposure to the people at home and not for me so explain exposure to them. Yeah, I guess exposure would be you're in a position and you're short. I guess you would be short. Or you'd be long on it. Yeah, you'd be long it, it, it too. It could depend. Yeah, and I mean, it goes against you and your exposure is the difference of where you bought in. Am I butchering this? Or? Yeah, sort of. So the, <laughs> okay, you, the, the other way you could look at it is if you buy a stock, right, mm-hmm. and you buy one stock for $25. Yeah. And that stock goes to zero. Yeah. The most amount of money you're going to lose is $25. Oh, However, okay, with gotcha, options gotcha, trading, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. because you have the ability to margin it, you can take much okay. larger positions. Yeah. If you bought, you know, $25 of option trading, your exposure, depending on what happens, could be 1000 Gotcha. Right? Okay. Well, so, technically, if you buy an option, you're only going to lose the amount of money you put in. However, yes. if you short an option. Sorry, yes, if you short yeah. an option. So yes. if you, you short an option, infinitely, you basically. can lose essentially all the way to zero. So if that asset goes all the way to zero, you lose all of that times yeah. 100. So, something like that. Or whatever. Phil, Phil would know better than I would. But yeah. that's that's sort of the, the, the concept of exposure is options trading allows you to make way more money but it also comes with inherent more, yeah, inherently gotcha. more no, risk yeah, yeah. Uh, because of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I I forgot about that part in that movie, and yeah, that's to think thirteen billion dollars, and he had made the firm like three or something. Oh yeah, he'd made money too. Yeah. So the exposure is how much like other people were losing. Is that correct? Yeah, because as a firm, they were short a bunch of. MBSs, mortgage-backed securities, because they were selling them off to other banks, I would understand. Yeah, it's the whole thing got really convoluted, and they... I feel like people still don't understand what happened. No, and and that's the point, right? I do think that movie did a good job how they would do the analogies, though, where they'd Mm -hmm. have, like, hey, I'm Margot Robbie, and, like, (laughs) explain it, right? Um, Yeah. Yeah, I thought for, like... Hey, I'm Selena Gomez. Yeah, 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 Yeah. she was in it, too. Yeah. 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 No, they they did, and the... Part, part of the problem with how to regulate, um, you say, like the financial industry, um, is simply because these, the products aren't designed for you to understand them, right? The people who build these products typically, from my understanding, have PhDs in math or mm-hmm. physics. Yeah. Because yeah. from, um, there's a really good book called The 13 Bankers on the Financial Crisis. Uh, and it's it's actually a phenomenal book because it, it takes you back uh, the entire history of the United States. Yeah, I was just. Are we gonna do a pause here? Because I'll just because yeah. we uh, we have limited video for sure. today. Let's so. pause. So, the book does a really good job of that. And one of the one of the fascinating things is to actually go through the history of the tension sort of between the United States federal government and then the uh, the Federal Reserve banking system, right? Okay. Yeah. So, 
I'm sure you guys have heard of the Great Depression, right? Nope. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nope. The uh, the banking crash, I believe, it was 1929. I think. I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, what's really interesting was after that in the, the in the 30s when FDR put in uh, the you know the financial regulations, New Deal, uh, in the New Deal, and some yeah. of the other uh, legislation to really look at the causes of you know what causes banking crash and the Great Depression. How do we get around that and uh, make sure that doesn't happen again? So. Fairly similar to what they have now. Uh, back in the early 20th century, you had uh, a guy by the name of J.P. Morgan, and he had uh, his bank, and that bank offered both investment banking services and commercial credit services. Gotcha. Okay. And with that, he also offered personal uh, banking services as well to the every person to everyone. Right. So his bank would go and offer services and products anywhere from you know your basic mortgage and savings account to large commercial loans for say mortgages uh, on large commercial properties or lines of credit all the way to uh, underwriting IPOs and, and securities mm-hmm. now what you have to understand is that the commercial lending isn't necessarily that risky it can be but it's not like for the most part, it's not that risky because if you've done your job correctly, you will have security. However, investment banking is a whole nother story, right? Mm-hmm. So at the, pretty much at the, you know, the banking crash, 1929, after that, the government came in and one of the legislative pieces that they brought forth was that you couldn't have, you know, your personal, uh, a lot of them called it saving and trust banks or deposit banks. Uh, and combine them with the commercial lending and the investment banking portions, right? So that's why you have Morgan Stanley and J.P. Morgan, mm. right? So obviously what happens is you uh, you get a little further. Uh, and from pretty much that point on, and, and really throughout the, the history of the United States banking system, um, the, the book sort of details this sort of unspoken rule where in order to fix some of the liquidity issues um, in the early uh, 20th and, and in the 19th century, pretty much what the, the U.S. government would do through the Federal Reserve was to have this unspoken deal with the banks on Wall Street and in America where they would say, we will guarantee your liquidity. Ah, okay. Right? Is basically how that worked. So fast forward, you know, 1970s, 80s, reading comes in, uh, and deregulates the whole thing, right? Uh, Morgan Stanley, when they only had, I believe it was 12 <coughs> partners, and they only had their own money, they had $12 million uh, of capital to invest. So y- you could imagine if there's 12 of us in a room and we each have a million dollars in the game, we're probably going to be pretty careful with what type of investments we make with that money yeah right it's not a hell of a lot of money no uh fast forward to the 90s they've got quite a few billions of dollars now in investable income and that money isn't theirs they can raise capital because they've ipo they can lose it it doesn't matter yeah how much do you think that changes your investment decision criteria (laughs) right so morgan stanley's a great example 
right? $13 billion uh, exposure position uh, in 2008. They're still profitable. Yeah. They're still, th- they're still there, right? And they were only one of dozens of banks yeah. that were doing the exact same yeah. shit. So do, do you think that they really care if mm-hmm. they post mm-hmm. a massive loss like that? Unless it really puts the company under? No. Excuse me. Right? Yeah. So then, you know, okay, so fast forward to 2005, 2006. You've now had the I, uh, investment banking and the commercial lending banks reconnect essentially to uh, the personalized savings banks without the understand, uh, with the under, sorry, with the understanding that they are fully guaranteed still. I want to say it was actually 1999 where it actually came into effect where they could recouple. It, yeah, because yeah, yeah, that would make sense. I want to say it was 1999. So like, but it was Reagan who deregulated it. It was Reagan deregulated it, and but then there was a Clinton administration. Clinton thing that it. came in, yeah. Oh, okay. That yeah. essentially allowed them to recouple with. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Well. So then, when you have this financial crisis, uh, and people are going, "Oh well, how do how do I get my money out? Is my money going to like where's where's my money?" Right. Yeah. The federal government pretty much at that point doesn't have a choice because they've made this unspoken sort of deal with the banks that operate the you know deposits and loans and savings for your everyday American that they will essentially guarantee those funds yeah uh, and that's that's part of the reason not entirely the reason but that's part of the reason why you saw massive bailouts come out yeah the 700 um, billion dollars or whatever yeah the other one AIG got bailed out uh, because it is one of the main insurance providers of airline travel and, and airlines and airlines don't, or uh, sorry, airplanes don't take off unless they're insured. So, <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> yeah. Uh, AIG was never going to go under. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I mean, it is one of the largest invest, well, uh, insurance firms in the world too, right? So. So sorry, explain that again. Why the government felt, or with this unwritten rule or whatever, like the gov- Why did the government feel they were backing? these companies. I think it goes back to in the 90s there was a hedge fund called long-term capital management. Are you familiar with this? Uh, I think so. Okay. And they were they were essentially in positions that they held almost the entire liquidity of certain assets. It was a pretty fucked situation when you think about it and you're like how the hell did they do that? But they went to they got to a point where they held so much of certain assets that there was no way of getting out of their positions without essentially betting against themselves, mm-hmm. right? Because if you hold 95% of the natural gas contracts for the next six months, for example, mm-hmm. the only way to sell those is to bet against yourself pretty much. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So the government, and I'm sure I'm butchering this, and I'm sure somebody's going to come into our podcast and be like, that's not right. I encourage that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it got to the point where LTCM, long long term capital management, they couldn't get out of their positions. So they actually had other hedge funds and the government have to intervene on their positions and get them out of the positions. So my understanding is that probably that would play into some of this where a government would guarantee the ability to get out of certain positions. No, so they didn't guarantee that. They just guaranteed uh, the, in what they called the, uh, 
retailer, like personal banks. Oh, okay. That was that came out of the '90s. That was one of the things because um, FDR <clears throat> separated the two uh, lending gr- group types essentially. Um, in order, one of his or one of the government's primary ways of you know hedging against something like that ever happening again was to go back to these banks and say, hey, like you guys do you. We understand you guys don't have massive profits. Mm-hmm. Um, in order for you guys to feel safe in in, in, in this in this industry, we will uh, essentially backstop you, right? Yeah. Um, so it's like one of the one of the things people don't know about ATB Financial. So ATB Financial is owned by the government of Alberta, mm-hmm. right? Every deposit in that is guaranteed by the government of Alberta, right? So if you uh, are a chartered bank, CIBC, TD, RBC, you have federal um, insurance, and up to a hundred thousand dollars, pretty much up to a hundred thousand, yeah, right? Account. So, ATB because it's backed by the government of Alberta uh, has an unlimited guarantee. You could have four hundred million dollars in that account, and that money's guaranteed. Really? Yeah. Ooh. Right. Huh. Okay. What do you know? Now, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Just is. <laughs> I mean, the amount of. You know, business businesses aside, the amount of people that would have more than a hundred thousand dollars sitting in in a like in a, bank, a, bank a account savings account is not very high. Probably not that high. Yeah, probably point five percent of people. Like I don't know about you, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't. <laughs> no, well, I'm also saying like if you're at that point, you probably want that money working for you as opposed to yeah. sitting in yeah sitting in a yeah. savings yeah. account, right? Yeah. So I've heard good advice in that you want to have about three months of backup funds in a savings account, everything above and beyond that, there's no point in that ever being in a checking or savings account because you're not making really any money on that. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that too. I, I would... We're speaking for personal. For personal, personal. yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, for... um, I'd almost want to air slightly higher, like closer to six months. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, just especially because we're in Alberta and it's... It's Alberta. Yeah, it, enough yeah. said right I yeah. mean this is not financial yeah. advice contact your, your yeah. local <laughs> representative <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, qualified yeah. representative right. yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Um, but yeah I, I've heard that uh, so I think it's surprising because I think it's something like 80 or 70 percent of I think either Canadians or Americans don't have that I think it's like 60 oh, percent of Americans don't even have a thousand dollars in savings yeah, something like that yeah something like that which is yeah pretty bonkers yeah hey when you really um, think about it to backpedal a little bit Andrew what was the name of that book uh, it's 13 Bankers uh, and if you type it up and you tell me what Google says the author is I'll confirm it because I can't remember <laughs> the author author off, off the top of my head James Quack and yeah. Simon Johnson yeah just putting that in the show notes so yeah. people actually buy the book I think there's another one by James James uh, Simon's that was really capital. interesting um I read a book earlier in the year called, was it Bad Economism? I think that's what it is. It might be by the same author. Uh-huh. Uh, and that actually was a really interesting book on just economics in general and the, the issues that the, the field has experienced, particularly in the last you know, 20, 25-ish years. Hmm. Um, but that would that, be another one, because I, I think it's by the same author, that is also very, very fascinating. Hmm. I'm just uh, looking at my notes here and looking at Fapple. 
and talking about stocks and stuff more, it reminded me that we said when we were doing our presentation that our ticker was FAP, F-A-P-P. <laughs> Did anyone catch on? Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> everyone, everyone giggled. Yeah, and our, I mean, we got a really good grade, but our professor definitely rolled his eyes at us. But We also won because you helped me. Oh, really? <laughs> Did you? Really? Yeah, because he helped me. Because you know how you like, can like alter all yeah. the different things and make it so your company sells more widgets in the first quarter or whatever mm -hmm. and you do more research and investment in the second that's kind of how we were going to go about it anyway because i was like well you need more money so then you can do the research and i think that's how it went right yeah and uh i just can't remember there was something we did wrong though and other teams started to catch up and we just barely won by the yeah, end yeah if it had been one more week we would have lost yeah i think or well not come in first yeah which is losing first. in this country so absolutely yeah because yeah. yeah. we we actually got to play uh, so the first class we took, um, if you do the one-year program, is pretty much a sim like that. Mm -hmm. But on like steroids, like I think we had almost sixty decisions to make every <coughs> round. Oh, um, and oh. we had to we had to do a round every three hours, right? Because right. it's a week-long class, right? Yeah. So we get to oh, class. Oh, okay. And like nine a.m., round would be posted, and then the prof would say, "Okay, you got three <laughs> hours. Come back at noon." Yeah. Right, and you. You know, go do your thing. Wow. Come back at noon. Results would come up, and you get okay. Next round ends at three. Go do your thing, right? Were you? Uh, it, this was a full time program. Yeah. Is it like a condensed one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Like so you do working during those times? Is it like all day sort of thing? Or what? yeah, I I work sporadically, oh, okay. but not gotcha. yeah, not enough. anything that could be considered consistent. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. But that that sim was fantastic. The, the crazy thing about that was they said that the executive MBAs have half an hour between rounds. <laughs> oh, really? And I was like, okay, I totally get that. Like, you know, you're doing an executive MBA. You probably have, you know, a fair amount of leadership and management experience. Yeah. You're probably pretty good at making decisions. But 30 minutes to analyze and understand drivers and then to make decisions off that, I thought, whoa. Yeah. That is... It's pretty intense. That is another level, right? Because we, we had trouble, you know, with three people with three hours going through different drivers and, and trying to understand that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to cut that by pretty much 90%. You know what the argument always is, though, is like, you know how people are always saying, why do CEOs get paid so much? That. Mm -hmm. Because they have to make those decisions. Mm -hmm. And, like those decisions dictate if people continue to have jobs or yeah. lose their jobs or you make crazy decisions when you're at that level. And mm -hmm. I don't think the there's, I don't think there's a lot of the population that'd be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I guess just really appreciating and understanding the high level stuff, I guess they're doing right. Yeah. And a lot of it honestly is being comfortable with the decision you made, mm -hmm. but more so it's, Understanding that you don't have the information that you want and yeah. you never will. It's real life. Right? Right. So how do you adapt and work through that, right? So we, that was I think my, probably my biggest takeaway from the class going, I don't know what the other teams are going to do. I can't see it. Right. And, and I just, there's no way to, to bridge that gap, right? Yeah. So I have three hours to analyze what they did previously, what I think is going to happen. Yeah. 
and I got to be comfortable with the decision and the outcomes of that. Yeah. You and, start playing a lot of there. chess or what? No, no. No? We uh, we played a lot of eight ball pool against each other in school, <laughs> but no, no chess. No chess? No. Because that's like the game when it comes to that sort of thing. Yeah, my problem is I can't think far enough ahead to be successful. Neither can I. I'm like a I'm like an eight fifty elo if that makes sense. It's not very good. Oh yeah, it's not, it's not very yeah, high. Magnus Carlsen is like twenty six hundred or whatever, the, yeah. the grandmaster of the world. Yeah, so I suck at it, but it's a consistent like looking six steps ahead. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I don't think the average person can do that. Well, no, and I think it's. I think, I think it could be learned, but I think yeah. it takes a lot of learning to do that. But I think it's important to understand, like, I mean, this goes back to, you know, you're talking about, like, you know, men and women diff- men and women are different, right? Like, yeah. the, this is why some of the, the equality and, like, other things kind of rub me the wrong way at times. Yeah. Because I, I look at this and I go, I, I, I'm never going to be messy. I'm, I'm never going to be Crosby. Like, I'm yeah. Ne- like, I'm yeah. never going to be McDavid. Yeah. Right? But then mm-hmm. we apply that to real life. And we say, well, why do CEOs get paid that much? I want to get paid that much. I'm like, I'm never going to be Tim Cook. Right. Like, I will never run a trillion-dollar company. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just... Yeah. Not with that attitude, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anything is possible. Right? Like, just, yeah. I'm not wired that way, it. right? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. No, it's a good right? point. Well, like, absolutely. even as Joe Rogan says... People aren't equal because I've met Shaq and his penis is where my face is. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but but it's true, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I don't get up in the morning oh, and it go, is what it is, right? man, so. like, I'm so excited to manage this team of, like, 400 people. Like, that is, like, no, that, yeah. no, never. If if I ever come back to you and say, like, yeah, I just accepted a VP job. Like, it's going to be great. Slap me. <laughs> like just slap me and go like what are you doing right because yeah. I'm just not wired that way yeah. right like that's why I took so many entrepreneur classes right um, hmm. okay. I like nice. the I like the advisory piece right yeah the consulting the, the, yeah the consulting the yeah. advisory like yeah that 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 piece right right um, in in the same token uh, my brother's an engineer he highly unlikely he's gonna be you know a divisional VP at wherever, like pick a company, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure, right? for sure. Because he's just not—he's not wired. He's not built and wired that way, right? Yeah. Um, certain people are definitely better at certain things. Oh, totally, right? Well, I mean, that's what makes our society, right? Like that's if, what makes if, a tick. If we were all real estate agents, yeah, that's great. That'll be a nightmare for, for one. <laughs> right? But like, who's gonna go fix the plumbing? Yeah, yeah not exactly. Of us. Exactly. Yeah, right. right? That, that, that's a very good point. Yeah, yeah. and that, yeah, there's so much. Uh, well, I always joke that, especially if you ever try to join like uh, any kind of networking group or whatever, uh, especially as like a realtor or a mortgage broker as well, like they have a cap on how many of them are allowed in, and it's usually <laughs> like one or two. Because otherwise, you just get a room full of realtors trying to get referrals from each other, yeah. which by definition won't work. You yeah. need other jobs to, yeah. right? So. Yeah, and I think as a society, we've, we've sort of lost some of that, right? Uh, and we've lost this sort of, I, I guess, contentment. We blame Instagram too, but like this sort of contentment <laughs> with like, yeah, like I'm I'm never going to be McDavid and I'm, I'm okay with that. Like, yeah, that's, that's okay, right? Um in the same respect like 
one of my uh, really good friends, right? A lot of them work in the trades. Mm-hmm. They're not going to go write billion dollar loans. Right. Mm-hmm. But that's okay because I need someone to go build and fix my house. And like the washrooms or like the, you know, infrastructure in the building I work in, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I'm not going to go and do that myself. I A, have no clue and B, have no desire, right? Yeah. yeah. So we, we sort of lost that understanding of um, if we're all Connor McDavid or, you know, Neymar or pick, you know, like pick a slur. Whatever you want to be. Joe yeah. Rogan, right? Like, yeah. Cool, man. Well, I mean, your mom too was like, you're special. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's like, well, a more accurate thing for your mom to say would be like, you have several things you're probably fairly competent at. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> the rest you suck at. Yeah. Like, let's be yeah. And if you work on those, you can ex- get to a decent level yeah. at said things. Yeah. And then be fairly good uh, and a useful person and succeed in life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But that's kind of a long statement for a mom to tell, like, a five-year-old. So <laughs> your special is far better. Yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. exactly. Yeah. And on, yeah. The other, and on the other token, too, I mean, like, you see everybody else on those social media platforms posting their Lamborghinis yeah. or whatever, and, you're, and then you, you become you depressed. Only, you're like, yeah, yeah, why don't sure. I have that? Yeah. Well, exactly. you only see yeah. the sunny days is what I have yeah. to say to that, it, right? So. It, uh, there's a post on um, Reddit Science subreddit on exactly on that. Yeah. And they said, because it, it was a study looking at uh, depression in teens, and they said video games, they couldn't find, a, I shouldn't say they couldn't find the link, but mm-hmm. they they didn't find enough evidence to say there was a significant enough link uh, to um, video games in depression in teens, but they said social media did appear that way. Gotcha. Um, hmm. But then some of it too, I'm like, there's some people I go, how do you afford this? Yeah. Like, I, I want to know how you afford this. Like, every, like, you don't got that many followers and like every five days you're like, I'm going to Bali. I'm going to Thailand. How do you, like, do you just have rich parents? Like, look up. Well, uh, there's many answers to that. (laughs) So, and many possible situations for sure. Look up uh, sponsors. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I think we'll end that conversation. So, So anyways, uh, is there any uh, sweet commercial real estate Edmonton real estate insider tips or news you can uh, break uh, for us yeah it's a commercial lender yeah not a lot off no. the top of my head I mean we've slowed down right I mean if you ask three or four years ago everyone would talk about the ice district right oh, okay. yeah. Um, yeah. I'd know the oh, I can't remember I think it's the Kate's property group because I don't think it's one properties uh, they released want to say on Friday the 12 new towers, the 12 new towers. I was looking at that I thought that was interesting I I don't understand from a, a business analyst point where this demand is coming from or any point right because like yeah did, did they elaborate on which I'm just gonna pull it up but did they elaborate on this is our current events section by the mm-hmm. way yeah which we've sort of transitioned into here yeah um can anyone know what the because I saw you post the mix on would be? All I saw was twelve residential mm-hmm. or sorry, twelve mixed use towers yeah. between ten to, uh, I think, to forty stories. Yeah, ten to twelve stories. 4, oh, between units. ten to twelve stories and forty four thousand residential units up to four. 000. Sorry, up to four. Yeah. Like, so be okay. So you've got. Let's just brainstorm here for a second. Okay, you've got that. That's four thousand. Uh, 
there's way too much on the market right now mm-hmm. that they are turning those into either office buildings or they're turning office rentals. buildings into rentals because yeah. they don't know what to do with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the city wants to put, I believe, enough housing units in Blatchford to satisfy, <laughs> this is crazy, uh, satisfy demand for the next 70 years. Hmm. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I'd have to look Which at is that number. Consistent with the city's brilliant development plans uh, and urban planning, but like I don't. From a business standpoint, I don't know how you're gonna make money. Do you not understand supply and demand? <laughs> like literally, the first thing they should have taught you in business school, probably in your first semester, economics 101, supply and demand, right? So, like, have you seen the ice district? The so the ice. Is it Ice District? Yeah, there's two the towers. Sky there. Residences. Yeah. Have you seen sky. those price di- drops uh, on those units? N- not. N- I've s- I've seen like he- like headlines or ads or something mm-hmm. that they're price dropping, but then um, I-, I didn't look at the specifics and numbers. I guess is what I should say. So yeah, they're they're they've so they they've dropped their prices mm-hmm. and now they've included parking in it. Yeah, because oh, they were selling them separately. They were selling separate. So yeah. when when they when I I went to go look at them because I was like I got to see how ridiculous this is, right? Yeah. yeah. So I walked in, and um, what did I look at? I looked at six hundred and like twenty eight square feet, one bedroom, one bath, uh, at a height that got parking. That was, I think they started at four hundred fifteen thousand. Yeah. Or four hundred twenty thousand. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And parking was seventy five thousand dollars extra. Yikes! Really? And I, that, I yeah. To like, put that in perspective, we sold a almost eleven hundred square foot condo in the Ultima building two years ago, and I think it was like four seventy. So you got an additional five hundred square feet. So I, I looked at. I remember looking at the sales rep and thinking, "So what you're telling me is that this condo, tax included, because they got to pay tax on it, yeah, because it's a new build, is going to be close to six hundred G's, is pretty much five fifty plus." Mm-hmm. And I yeah. looked at that and I was like, do you guys understand what kind of house I can buy for that? Like, I understand, like, downtown, <laughs> yeah, condo, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, yeah. I totally get that. Yeah. But you're telling me this is a $550,000 condo, and my condo fees are going to be 350 bucks a month. Mm-hmm. I was like, you, you guys are out of your freaking mind. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's, a, that's pretty ambitious. So now they've dropped the prices. They've included yeah. uh, parking. Yeah. Parking. But from my understanding, they still can't sell enough of them. Oh, yeah. Well, I remember someone someone who was not in real estate or whatever, because I guess they had, like, a launch event for the Sky residences a while ago, and someone was like, oh, yeah, they sold out first day. And it's like, maybe they, like, only released so many and sold them all, but, like, there's no way, right? Be- especially because that's, like, a... Like, it's a tough market, and then you're being the upper end of a tough market. Yeah, you, you're and, the upper end. And that's interesting you say the parking, because I believe earlier this year... Uh, uh, one of the let me make sure I articulate this correctly one of the highest sale prices for a parking stall uh, in downtown Edmonton occurred this year and it was like 40 grand-ish or something like no that. it was last year and it was uh, 70 really? It was oh, okay. 60 yeah it was 60 or 75,000 yeah. no it was in, I think it was in the Ultima I think you're actually right. I yeah. think it's the ultimate. I, yeah. I want to say $75,000. Yeah. But you know what's also know going on here in Edmonton is you're but... seeing a lot of people transitioning to those rentals. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Rob's or um, Raymond Block. 
that's 100 percent rented out that building came online october of last year and that's not even october of last year i think i think it started in december 100 mm-hmm. percent rented out there's other rental buildings that are now near full occupancy mm-hmm. so it, it seems like there's a shift in that direction yeah. there was a stall in ultima sold for forty five thousand this year um i don't remember if that was record setting i thought i read it was but i could be mistaken yeah 40, i want to say forty five thousand dollars for a fucking parking stall i want to say someone sold no maybe it was in the i want to say it was in the ultima yeah mm-hmm. yeah um the it's it's kind of ridiculous yeah like it's I, I don't understand it from a, a supply and demand standpoint. But then, you know, going back to rentals, I, I'm only looking at rentals. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of people our age, that's what they're looking at, right? Um, that's actually very much a thing where uh, <clears throat> we all have commitment issues, right? Well, well it's no. even the millennials just taking longer to buy homes and stuff, right? Yeah. So uh, part of it is just capital, right? Yeah. yeah. So between. You know, you know, throw out some basic math. Let's say you bought a, a cheaper condo, so let's say two hundred fifty thousand. Sure, that's, that's pretty cheap. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's still a pretty nice condo in a lot of the parts of the city, too. Yeah, like, exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, that's gonna be what is it like eleven hundred bucks a month ish? Yeah. In mortgage, plus your condo fees. Let's say four hundred bucks a month in condo fees, so fifteen hundred bucks a month, right? Plus, you're gonna have to save up your down payment. Your down payment, mm-hmm. whatever five yeah. and twenty percent, whatever you want to do. Yeah, yeah. With something like that, you'd probably want to aim more for ten, right? Because it's not that expensive, yeah. right? So from that perspective, okay, I got to save up twenty five grand, and then I'm gonna spend fifteen hundred bucks a month, or I can go. I, like I don't like using the Hendrix as an example because I think they're slightly over. I think overpriced. <laughs> they're slightly overpriced. Slightly overpriced. Yeah, but or I can go to the Hendrix and get, you know, maybe it's it's going to be smaller. It's probably going to be like a hundred square feet smaller. Yeah, but it's going to be pretty much the same price. Yeah, I don't have to save up for a down payment. Yeah, mm-hmm. and if literally anything goes wrong, I don't have to fault. deal with it. Yeah, you're yeah. your problem. Right, or if you're like. Yeah, I hate this place. Like you, what lose your yeah. deposit and like it, or if like something goes really wrong and you need to move out or yeah, or if you want to skip town or, or yeah, if you want to New Mexico or go whatever, travel right? somewhere. So, yeah, there's yeah. that too. Right? Well, it, it is just a fact that like our generation is buying homes a lot sooner, if not trending towards not owning homes, mm-hmm. right? So, and that's why you're seeing the purpose-built rentals. And I think the interesting thing that is a big indicator and makes me question even more why Ice District does this is oh, several of these purpose-built rentals started as condo projects like to be sold. Yep. Yeah. Then combined with the economic downturn as well, like it, you know, good for them because a lot of them are leasing at a fairly high occupancy rate, right? For semi-higher end things, but they're also driving prices down, right? Yeah. So, but yeah. even so, yeah, I don't know. The, this, this, 12 Towers thing makes no sense, but I also think it's kind of just publicity putting zoning out there. Like, it's good to be ambitious, but... I also feel like there's some promise of work for these guys that are just finishing up these projects. It's like, well, we're starting Mm, some other stuff, so, I mean, it's not all bad, right? Like, we can still keep that infrastructure going. Mm -hmm. As long as we're spending on infrastructure... I mean, like, things can't get that bad, right? Yeah, like I maintain that's what saved Edmonton 
over the last five, six years. Oh, yeah. Because the fact that sure. we pumped $5 billion of infrastructure into downtown. Yeah. Right? Is that the number? Yeah. I think huh. it was $5 billion. Something like that, wow. right? What do you know? Wow. So. And you're definitely seeing that, for sure. Because we're, we're at, like, it's funny because even, like, when we think that back to when we were university students. Yeah. And being physically so yeah. close to it. Like, it was the glimmering hope of what the city will become or whatever. And now we're kind of on, when you really think back of it, we're more or less on the tail end of it. Like, mm-hmm. we're still finishing some parts of it. But yeah. it's kind of like, oh, wow, like, it's come a long way, right? For sure. So Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, down, like downtown is unrecognizable. Completely. I was even thinking about this because, uh, actually, we had a unit listed in there once upon a time, the Legacy on 105th yeah. and 103rd? Oh, yeah. 07 build. And, like, we, we were walking past him, me and a friend, and he's like, oh, I have a buddy who lives here. It's pretty nice, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, what year was this built? I'm like, oh, 2007. It, it might be give or take year, but I'm pretty sure it's 07. Right, yeah. um, and I'm like, fuck, like, looking around, like, the next oldest building is, like, the Omega, which is 09, I want to say. So once upon a time, that was, like, one of the tallest mm-hmm. condo buildings around there. If you, like, think of it, like, looking at the skyline, it's kind of an underwhelming building. But you're like, this was, like, a... Yeah, yeah, like, like a, a jewel of Edmonton yeah, at one point. Uh, what's a uh, like a monolith yeah. structure yeah. at An one point? Anchor of the yeah. skyline. Yeah. When you like look around at it's what would have been there too. at that time, yeah, and it's you're only like, twenty floors high. Yeah. Think, so what? What yeah. has been built since then? So you've got Fox One, Fox Two, Baltima, <coughs> Two and Ice District. Icons. Would have been approximately no, the same time. Uh, are those are I oh five oh six. Yeah, they're older. Yeah, they're they're very close. Very close. But now all the, the, what, the three new commercial buildings or yeah. whatever? Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Like, There's a third Fox going up too, isn't there? No, isn't, it's is, is that uh, Encore. Encore. No, Encore. that's Encore, yeah. yeah. Encore is actually getting surprisingly close to being done. Okay. Um, more Considering I parked in the dirt parking lot that used, that it now occupies, like, It's right across the street from Center, Center High? Yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Gotcha. yeah. Yeah. I literally, I parked in that parking lot several times. Yeah. When we had Ultima listings, because that was the closest one, yeah, and then they closed it. Yeah, it was a year and a half ago, so, two years ago. Two years ago, yeah. like, oh yeah. shit, comes along pretty quick, right? So it does, yeah. Well, yeah. when there's money getting pumped into yeah. it, I think the Falcon one is like kind of a weird one because supposedly they haven't disclosed public or publicly disclosed funding or something like that. I read that a while ago, hmm. but something like that. Interesting, because they usually like to put a massive banners. Like if you've seen the Encore one. Mm-hmm. There's a massive ATB banner. And yeah, I think yeah, whoever financed it, yeah. CWB banner, right? Same thing with the uh, the Beaverbrook mm-hmm. um, yes. one in Stony yeah. Plain. Yeah. They've got the ma- two massive uh, banners, right? They yeah. typically like uh, showcasing that. Yeah, so we, we I'd have to look, but I kind of heard that at one point, and I, I don't know any update, but speaking of YOLOing money, I thought I heard that they were kind of like, like it's a very early project, and they're like, fuck it, let's try and sell some so we can and get the financing I don't know it's a, oh interesting I could be talking out of my ass but I did kind of was informed on that at one point right um, so the yeah. lender might have told them that, that they got to get pre-sales before they start yeah exactly getting right. in there the uh, the interesting thing with the Falcon um, one of my uh, friends his, uh, his uncle uh, was Brad Kennedy right so Brad Kennedy did a lot of the architecture in downtown Edmonton and um, his uncle unfortunately oh, okay. passed yep. away earlier in the year of a, a heart attack mm-hmm. oh. so then the uh, it'd be interesting to see what happens with some of the the builds, like because I think they were gonna do Falcon One, huh. and see if uh, if that still goes through through or if uh, that project gets shelved for you know for them to pick up a new architect. You and I were discussing the McLaren 
with Phil. Oh yeah, yeah. McLaren's gone up pretty quick too. And that's a fully rental yeah. building too. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing as the Hendrix. Yeah, same yeah. company too. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually is it? Vancouver, yeah, yeah, it is. Vancouver it is. Vancouver it is. Developer. Yeah. That yeah, those guys. Yeah. Um that one actually looks fairly nice. I don't know. It Honestly, I thought it was pretty. Like, I might actually go into it because that honestly looks pretty look reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, that one actually. Uh, I do believe the original intent was condos for that. They actually bought the buildings there. Like, Glenora Bistro used to be there and mm-hmm. stuff. Like, quite a few years ago. Like the the purchase date. To, like, I believe their construction was kind of delayed, mm-hmm. sort of thing. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. And the Hendrix is uh, sold now someone else yeah they sold the Hendrix yeah. they also sold off Edgewater Edgewater yeah. was sold off too but that wasn't the same guys was it no I don't think no, so there's... Edgewater was whoever did the Pearl I can't remember who it is Regency yeah yes. Regency yeah Yeah. and then I don't know who they're who they sold off to probably some REIT it, it's that's Most exactly likely. who it is yeah. because generally speaking once it's sold off they hire different management companies and the quality of management actually decreases quite a bit yeah like you can go on Google reviews for a lot of these buildings and like Here's a rental tip. <laughs> you can go look and like you can literally look at like what was the sold date and like reviews before and after that date like shift gears fairly often. Mm. So maybe controversial, maybe inadvertent, maybe just when they're trying to release it out, they're like more proactive about that, right? So but. I think there's some lack of caring in that industry of management of assets. <laughs> You think? <laughs> what gave that away? Yeah, I know. Yeah. I won't say too much more about that one, but yeah, I think there's definitely some... Well, they're in here, so... You know, it's like yeah. they're they're hostages of this fucking building until they Pretty decide much. not to be. So. I, I kind of looked at the McLaren, and I thought, you know what? It's a li- It's not that... It's honestly not that much more money than some of the other stuff I was looking at. Like, I was looking at between... Like twelve hundred and fourteen hundred bucks mm-hmm. a month, closer to the, the downtown area, and I was like, you know, I'll pay a hundred bucks a month extra just to be able to walk across the street to the gym. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah, like, I guess, eh? right? Yeah. So hmm. nothing like uh, crappy condo gyms. What's uh, so? I'm gonna lay some numbers on you guys here from because uh, they just updated some crap about the home buyers incentive. First time home buyer incentive. Okay. Which, I mean, maybe you get asked about this, probably not, but uh, this is more front lines for, well, me specifically, right? And, you know, my inner libertarian comes out where I kind of say, do you really want the government to own a piece of your home, right? Uh, And you actually have to share the profits Mm -hmm. with them, but not... The losses? the, The loss, they bear, like, a part of it. And then, but... It's just like, heads, I win... Tails, tails you lose. <laughs> no, no, it's most heads I win, tails I win. Yeah, yeah. But if it lands on its side, I still we, win. We go we even. Win. Yeah, yeah. Like that's because real estate always goes up too, right? Well, <laughs> oh boy, yeah, yeah. I don't think Detroit. Yeah, where Phoenix would say. I that. think we name dropped Detroit on two podcasts ago, or actually the one that's coming out this week. But uh, we were uh, we were discussing uh, buying a rental building, like a, without. Buying a rental without seeing it, like as like a Canadian oh, buying an American yeah. property, yeah. And someone got kind of hosed. I heard from a past client where uh, they basically were sold like the renderings of the place, but the place was like boarded up in pre- yeah. in actual. So what are the rates. numbers that came out? So uh, I don't know. It's kind of re- so. Just to recap, 
the requirements of uh, so to get a piece of the action you must have not occupied a home in the prior four years that you or your current spouse or common law partner owned have at least 5% down payment from your own resources so you still have to have a down payment mm -hmm. have to have a household income of 120000 or less uh, have a combined mortgage plus incentive amount that does not exceed four times household income um, does not exceed four. so so if you were $100,000 uh, you wouldn't be able to go higher than $400,000 on the mortgage yeah so pretty much uh, this is useless yeah it would affect your GDS sort of um, meet all normal default insurance requirements because the average house price yeah. is about 420 well so they actually right? calculate it um, blah 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 yes but not for that reason so <laughs> the um, here we go uh, the maximum allowable purchase price is about 565,000 but you would need to have the max income of 120 grand and a 14.99% down payment from your own funds to Which get is, what, 75-ish thousand dollars? 80,000 uh, dollars? Yeah, something, something like that. Like that. So, so some, some fast facts here. Um, <laughs> this first one I kind of laughed at. So, <clears throat> in 2018, only 1,100 homebuyers in Vancouver and 2,300 in Toronto would have qualified. Oh, good. For that, if this was... Yeah, so I'm sure that's the market they're going after. Yeah. And that would be that's less than ten percent of sales, right? In yeah. in those markets for the year. Yeah. Um <laughs> what was this? Uh, I feel like it's an attempt to prop up the rest of the country after those two markets exploded. Mm, no. I I think. I personally and like we, we we try not to go too political on this show, but I think this is kind of a liberal government move to try and garner votes that in the next election, I would say. Because personally. the majority of people are going to view that and say, oh, that's great, that's going to help me, but mm -hmm. not understand that they can't qualify for yeah. it, uh, or it actually becomes useful. Um, I would just view that as vote buying, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The And part of the reason I'd say, because you said uh, most of the people in Edmonton wouldn't be able to qualify for that because the housing price is too high. I'd actually... I, I would say a lot of people won't be able to qualify, but I would disagree with the reasoning, and I would say it's because the median income is too high. Because that's also true. Household income, yeah, yeah, that's also it's, true. If you're if you're a dual income household in Alberta, 120 is on the low end, kind of lower end. Median right? household income in Edmonton last year, I think, was 96,000, right, or 91,000, right. Mm -hmm. So if that's your 50 yeah, percent, yeah. and you're saying 120 is your max out point. That means, mm -hmm. I don't know, probably 55% of people in Edmonton could technically qualify for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or something like that. I think Calgary yeah. was slightly higher. Calgary was like 98,000 mm -hmm. yeah. median yeah. household yeah. income last year, right? So then, if I've got to have 5%, yeah. how's this helping? It, it's something, and then actually, I saw something where uh, it broke down the mortgage payment difference, and it's very minimal. Right, so end of the day, it's it's just another loan somewhere else, right? Mm -hmm. Like it, it, I I personally don't think it will increase qualifying as. There's much. not a tremendous. I also think it will money. get probably axed, right? There's also not a tremendous amount of money too that's mm -hmm. lined up for it. I can't remember what the statistic is, but I think yeah. it's like one point something billion dollars. Uh, yeah, they only they want to get uh, target adoption is a hundred thousand people. So if you spread that out across the country and how many sold, homes are sold every year like it's it's good it's going to be a small 
small number relatively. And I personally think this program might get scrapped, right? So, it'd, um, it'd make more sense for them to get rid of the stupid stress rule. The stress and, rules, yeah. stress rule should be more ridiculous. subjective, I would say, right? Well, it, it yeah. The, oh, I mean, the goal it, of it. Sorry, finish your thought. Like the goal of it was was twofold, from my understanding, was uh, to make sure people who shouldn't be getting mortgages can't, mm-hmm. uh, and then to slow down the Vancouver and Toronto housing markets, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, the problem is the Vancouver and Toronto housing markets, and now Montreal starting to actually see it too, uh, those prices are not driven by demand. Those prices are driven by wealthy people looking for places to stash their cash, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So you want to know what made a huge difference in the Vancouver market was when they introduced the foreign buyers tax and the vacant home tax, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah, now you have... Because Phil was talk, telling us about that, right? Now you have people who are sitting there going, okay, like, I'll put three students in here for... 1200 bucks a month because I just need people in here. And it's a ridiculous mansion. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So on that note, a funny stat. So again, remembering that the max purchase price is 565 in this program. As of the article writing, which was about a few days ago, um, Vancouver has no homes under 565000 for sale. And oh, I believe good. that's Vancouver proper, just for the record. Right? Yeah, so, that would make sense. Um, now... Sorry, that's no houses versus condos. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Toronto has nine. As <laughs> so. Good. Amazing. Most of which you'd probably find uninhabitable, according to this uh, yeah. article here. So the, that, this is the Globe and Mail. The, the stress test, was, yeah, like, no. I, I, you know, I do understand somewhat the, the income side where they're saying, yeah. well, we don't want people to yeah. be getting into mortgages uh, that they can't afford. Um, but that's the lender's call. I would, yeah, like, I mean, you know, because supposedly the goal was to achieve a soft landing, right, for for the emit or for the Canada real estate market, which it maybe did to a degree in that it the wheels didn't totally fall off the bus. And many, most would probably agree that for Alberta and Edmonton, we're safe to say we're at a relatively flat bottom and it'll take a while to recover for sure. So I don't know, did that help achieve it or not? Maybe. I mean, depends how much you believe in the invisible hand of economics. Maybe we just got here quicker because of those policy changes or it would have happened anyway, right? So, but I do think it's, you know, it's one of those things where it really hurt the rest of the country, right? Uh, Versus the target markets, right? So I still liken it, man, to how in 08 you saw the U.S. market just go like this Mm -hmm. and the Canadian market just kind of went like, it was just a speed bump. Mm-hmm. But put it, I mean, like, we were talking about the big short early, earlier, right? Like, I have never seen, a, you know, I don't know about third-party mortgage lenders, but, like, we'll, we'll see the banks, in, in essence, that hold the, the majority of the mortgages, um, sit there and go, like, yeah, like, we'll approve you no income verification. Like, we don't really care about your income. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that is, yeah. that will not happen. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So the, the amount of people in... Canada that could get the type of mortgage that would severely disadvantage them like they did in the United States yeah. that caused a lot of the issue mm-hmm. is, isn't is, there. Is well, there. the, the yeah. rules were never as lax here, right? So, no. yeah. And, it, yeah, people argue, like, I guess that would have been the Harper government did some moves, supposedly. And even the 
who was before him? That uh, John Paul Martin and or Paul Martin. Supposedly, kind of the '90s and 2000s economic policies of Canada were much more proactive and never really allowed that type of lending, which is good. I guess we can thank our lucky stars, right? So, granted, like I do still personally see like some, not every day, but like I see some people who bought in '07 and like prices, like are down from then for sure. But it's twenty grand or something like that, which depending on the price of home is an outlandish, right? Like it's. Mm. A lot of 07 purchase prices I see are similar to 2014 levels, mm. which is reassuring, I suppose, in a, in a, to a degree. But then I see the odd 07 home where, like, it's like a hundred grand loss, right? Or something like that, which is tough, mm. and that's crazy, right? So, and it was some weird niche markets that also went really wild those times, and I believe because 0% lending was a thing mm-hmm. in Canada. It was. But... I'm assuming it was probably hard to qualify then, right? So, uh, you know, it, it was a lot of uh, conversion condos um, near downtown, near uh, McEwen and stuff, right? Those walk-ups, right? And then uh, townhomes in northeast and southeast, like uh, some people would call them sort of like brownstones or something like that, where it's a two-story mm-hmm. row housing. Row housing, housing yeah. right? So, yeah. uh, and those are ones where it was like, 200 250 in 07 and now they're worth like 100 right so yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. but even so it, w- it was never quite the the runaway train that it was well, even uh, looking at like myself i did the and i don't understand how accurate it is but i'm assuming it's somewhat accurate i lo- i did a, i did for fun the uh, rbc mortgage affordability calculator okay yep yeah. uh because uh we were sitting in class and they uh I had a presentation on what the uh, graduation stats were for last year for U of A MBA grads. I was like, okay, like if I had, you know, a reasonable amount, let's say twenty five to forty five thousand dollars put down and I make the the average they gave, you know, like eighty seven thousand, what would I qualify for? Right? I qualified for like three hundred and twenty thousand dollar purchase price. Yeah. I was like, I'm not buying a home. Hmm. Yeah, no kidding. Oh, because it was like such a low price, is that what you're saying? Well no, or- because of the stress test. Oh, okay, right? okay, okay. Because the stress test is, from my understanding, knocked between fifty dollars to $100,000 off what you could qualify yes. for. Now, that being said, should I be able to qualify for, you know, $450,000 house price making eighty, you know, eighty five, ninety thousand? dollars 90000 Right, right. Probably like, does, not. Yeah, does the textbook numbers crunching say I can do this yes but should you right so yeah, yeah. exactly right? I mean Excuse people me. will fully extend themselves to yeah the whatever I mean it it even comes down to well because what GDS TDS it's well 39% to living costs and then it's 40 42, 42 right yeah. so I mean it, it's just hard to uh, you would just have to be disciplined and smart with your money to make 58% of your income cover the rest of your living costs plus savings right so for yeah. yearly costs plus savings not living costs necessarily right so yeah 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 it's i don't know it's interesting i just think that on an investment perspective the cap rate is not there not nothing is there you know like right? if, if i wanted to go buy a house tomorrow and cap eight percent on it it's pretty difficult right now i would say at the like moment you mean renting it out yeah right It'd be pretty difficult to get that. But are you looking at cap, so like like textbook cap rate or whatever, where it's like as a percent of the uh, 
val- value. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. Like, yeah, it is skewed in Canada, but would, do some not argue that um, cash on cash return is a better... Yeah, Phil would argue work. that. Yeah. Cash on cash? Yeah, Phil For would argue that, properties. Right? Yeah. Because he would argue uh, that you really should be looking at the return you're getting on the cash you put in. Yeah. Yeah. Versus... Like your down payment. Your total return. Like, who cares about your total return or anything like that? Like, what kind of money mm-hmm. in return are you yeah. making on the cash you put like in, right? cash yeah. flow so I had, sort of thing, right? Yeah, so like yeah. I had a friend who went on uh, with another buddy and they bought uh, a townhouse that was uh, leased back to the developer because the developers just needed to move it off um, their lot line book because it had aged out, I would imagine. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. Um, okay. Yeah, so for those, both both of you, but for those who don't understand, um, when you do uh, residential home building uh, as a builder, uh, lenders will give you a specific amount of time you can have that lot or property on your building line. Hmm. Um, uh, building line means like your active projects kind of thing? Or Yeah, okay. so yeah. let's say... Um, Thomas Limited is a builder and you're building 10 um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. spec homes, right? Yeah. So 10 homes you're just going to build and then you're going to sell, right? Yeah. Uh, you might have 12 months to build those. Mm-hmm. And then if you need funding on those any of those properties after 12 months, you can't get them. Right, right. Got right. It. So my, my suspicion with this property is what happened was because it's uh, it was a show home, my mm-hmm. guess is that it aged out. So it, gotcha. Um, they hit zero percent yeah. on uh, their lot line, and they had to pretty much pay it back to the bank in the mortgage mm-hmm. and, and 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 remove it. But then they right. still needed it, right? Right. So right. he got a great deal because he got the house for a reasonable price because they had to move it quickly. And then they come back and they said, "Okay, we'll pay you X amount of dollars to lease it from you for the next year because we still want to use it as a show home, right?" Mm-hmm. So it's cash okay. on cash. Right. Like his overall return is decent, but his cash on cash is huge. Right, because right. he only yeah. had to put ten percent down because his other buddy put another ten percent down. Oh, okay, yeah. right. And they're making a huge amount of money on this, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That's that's. I think that's why Phil would argue. Yeah, that, that is that and is it's fair what, too. You know, it's in a way with you know I, more accurate to look at it because it's like, what money are you like sacrificing right now? Yeah. To mm-hmm. make this investment return, whereas so if I have forty thousand or eighty thousand for a down payment, if I put that in a GIC or mm-hmm. uh, fucking Bitcoin or <laughs> or mm. uh, <laughs> or Dogecoin yeah. or uh, you know yeah, yeah. in a checking account or into a rental property, like yeah. that would be a more accurate comparison when you're making investment yeah, decisions fair. too. I would think you make up forty thousand dollar down payment or whatever and you're taking in i don't know 1300 bucks a month or something in rent yeah exactly exactly i mean we're all in investments right Mm -hmm. it'd be ridiculous for us to look at our investment portfolio without uh, looking at dividends in it right Mm -hmm. because you might end up with you know an investment uh, or capital gains increase of like two percent and you go oh i only made two percent this year it's like well no if you made dividends then you might have made seven percent sure right 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 yeah yeah. I mean, obviously, you're not going to be making that because you're going to be paying out your mortgage on a monthly yeah. basis and all that. So, yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Do, go home. Do some math. Yeah. Open up that Excel spreadsheet, guys. Open up the Excel spreadsheet. Let's go do some tables. Run some numbers. 
I actually did that um, for a uh, for what I thought I'd have to pay out um, in terms of like living costs to move out yeah. versus like living in a in a different uh, different city. Yeah. You pause it. No, keep going. Keep going. Um, so, the uh, and what were you looking at for? Uh, well, the I, I was just looking at jobs in different cities. Yeah. Um, and I was like, okay, if I live here, like, how much would I have to make in order to like live? Sure. Um, kind of deal. And how how was it comparably to Edmonton? Um, where were you looking? I guess where what I, cities were you? Looking? I looked at uh, Edmonton. I looked at Vancouver. I looked at. What else? Uh, I looked at the Philippines because I thought it'd be kind of funny to go to like Southeast Asia. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, I think that was it. I think yeah. Oh, sorry. Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver, Philippines, and then um, right back. somewhere in I I picked some random spot in the states. <laughs> I was like, let's yeah. just go like Austin. Okay. Um, and I just I just did the math and I was like, hmm. Living on your own sucks. Okay, now I need a dual income. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's how we uh, recommend you make important life decisions, yes. <laughs> like getting married. Is look at the <laughs> only think about the income. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. So what was uh, like average rent in the? Philippines, I guess, compared to oh, here. it's it's stupid. It's like, what what did I see? Like, uh, I want to say like five hundred bucks a month. Oh, really? Eight hundred bucks a month? Yeah. Hmm. So like, Interesting. somewhat re like somewhat comparable, but like, it's the, and is that for like, because you know how people are like, oh, you can live in Thailand for three hundred bucks a month, but it's like. Okay, but where are you living, right? Like, I mean, that's that's what it is always, right? Like in Edmonton, you can live, you can pay a condo, you know, a rental board, probably like four hundred bucks a month. Do you want to live in the area where you pay four hundred bucks a month? No. Yeah. Right. So, and like even so, you, you know, people say that in, in uh, you know Southeast Asia, and you're like, okay, so I'm not like a paranoid person, but you know, different country foreigner uh you don't speak the language maybe you should spend a little more money here and live in maybe a slightly safer part right? yeah yeah like could you live probably in like bangkok or phuket or manila or hanoi for like like dirt cheap like 350 bucks a month oh yeah mm-hmm. will you, you come back alive <laughs> will you come back in one piece yeah yeah, yeah. exactly yeah, very yeah. true. Sorry, Philippines and Thailand were. <laughs> I don't think we have any viewers there yet. So. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> International. <laughs> yeah. Cost. Of, yeah, the cost of living is an interesting topic it's of intriguing. conversation. Yeah. 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 To look at. Because I mean, if you look at the states, for example, you have your coastal population centers. Oh yeah. Versus like everywhere else. Yeah, and net migration is going away from the coast. Yeah. Right now, right? Yeah. So oh nice. really? Yeah. It's nice to live on the ocean, though. Don't get me wrong. Because cost of living is driving people away cost from Cost of that living way. and housing prices. Hmm. Right? Namely, the most expensive cities in the United States. San Francisco. New, New York. York. Miami. Boston. Miami. Washington. Yeah. Miami. Yeah. yeah. 
uh, Los Seattle, LA, Los Angeles, Seattle. Yeah. they're all on the coast. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, which is not necessarily a bad thing, right? But it's the net migration is currently like Austin, Texas is going ridiculously fast. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Texas Denver. is. I've heard a lot about Texas blowing up. A lot of people from California moving to yeah. Texas. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. it's. I mean, I guess so it's not too far. It's cheaper and Same similar climate. climate Same right? climate. So, yeah. yeah. You know, actually that big. actually crossed my mind the other day thinking where I'm like. Uh, I was in Vancouver recently and I was just kind of thinking like statistically most like because we're always like oh it's so nice to be on the ocean and whatever and sure I spend time in Victoria as well and stuff and you're like oh this is great it's nice to be by water for vacation Mm -hmm. or whatever yeah but statistically most of the world lives close to the ocean yeah when you think about it yeah right and then for us land land lovers uh landlocked uh prairie boys like it's like shit like i i guess it's weird that it's a novelty to us Mm -hmm. but for most of the world that's normal yeah Yeah. you would just get over the ocean being there because i would always be thinking like or you know you can smell the ocean air or like what we were not high-rise hotels so you could see the ocean you're like oh this is so cool having an ocean view which is i'm sure still nice when you're selling condos or whatever but it's kind of like i think for most people you're just eventually like yeah (laughs) yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, statistically, a lot of the world lives on water. Like technically, Edmonton's on the river too. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, yes, you need a source of water. But my yeah. point is, like, <laughs> yeah, ocean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. ocean. Yeah. Well, even thinking of like, would you take, would you go live in Calgary or would you go and live in Vancouver? Are you asking me based in on my what? dream Tracer? scenario or like me today sort of thing, right? Because I would just, personally say Calgary over so Vancouver, you take Calgary over where Vancouver. I'm at, because then I don't have to have, I can keep my Alberta real estate license and don't have to keep both. So Yeah, okay, that, mountains, that's, that's fair. Yeah. Mountains is nice there, too, because you're yeah, pretty true. close to the mountains. Yeah. You got that, too. When I was looking at, like, you know, do I look at a job in Calgary, do I look at a job in Vancouver, right? Mm-hmm. The cost of living in Vancouver is not that much more than Calgary, than Calgary right? Oh, really? Okay. From, from what I found... Hmm. Um, Housing is a little bit different because you have to, I don't want to say you have to get lucky, but you you got to do a little more searching, right? Like if you want to find a, you know, cheaper place, but you can do it, right? Um, like my brother lives downtown Vancouver for 1500 bucks a month, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's not a big place. And it's not like it's, is it like, it's probably not like scary, right? No, like no, no, no. Yeah. He's nice, nice area, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so can you do it? Yeah. So then, if all things here, I mean, not all things equal, but a lot of it is the same between Vancouver and Calgary. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take the ocean. Yeah, oh, that, that's very true. That's very true. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, lifestyle design, which is what I always yeah. say, right? So, yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, on that cherry note, I think that's probably about... Uh, Time to call it an episode. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think we're Sounds good for me. pretty close to like an hour and 45 minutes. Yeah, so. we just hit that mark actually, exactly. So uh, Look at me yeah. go. As always, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us. Andrew. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah no problem, it. dude. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have you back on with uh, with Phil and yeah. actually okay. do the, the whole the thing. The whole thing. <laughs> yeah, we're, the we're planned real estate one that we were going to. So Yeah, that would be, uh, we always have good conversations about that. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we kind of gravitate towards real estate, but so hopefully people find it semi-interesting right so investments and to get finance 
you guys are more a commercial finance view of it to bring that into it i think is hopefully interesting and valuable to two to two people so mm -hmm. yeah most definitely right so follow us on all the uh, social channels. channels and we'll uh yeah we'll see you uh, next week peace peace out now, 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 wait just a minute. Before you go, just a sincere thank you for listening to the show. You can find new episodes of the Long and Hard Podcast every Wednesday morning about 9 a.m.-ish, give or take. Don't hold me to that. Uh, we really appreciate your, you subscribing. If your podcast platform allows you to leave a review, please leave us a kind review if you've enjoyed the content here. Uh, just a reminder, Long and Hard podcast uh you can also find our other shows other channels uh the millennial homeowner podcast hosted by me and the invictus podcast hosted by josh if you head over to our website longandhardpodcast.com and see our other shows there once again a quick reminder that thomas harrington and joshua blaze are licensed real estate professionals in the province of alberta and any discussions here involving real estate are not intended to solicit buyers or sellers under contract. And just a friendly reminder, hey, this is a conversation. This show is not intended to be legal or professional or medical or any other kind of specific advice. Please consult a relevant professional in said area before acting on anything or any ideas you might get here. Thanks for listening as always, and we'll see you next week. Peace.